hello, this is <laughs> Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. Keep it going. Come on, I'm liking this. That's all I got. Be host. I want to sit here and not be host. <laughs> I want to see how this feels like. You see what I did there? Instead of welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, hello, hello. This is Tanya and Alden coming at you live. From no, the super isn't live. Coming at you unlive from their bedroom. Coming at you very dead. <laughs> that's all I got. Your turn. <laughs> oh, no, that's not how hosting works. Well, this is fine. Things to for me well. to say, like push me to say things. Uh, um. So, uh, I cannot use this water bottle during this podcast. Well, you just can't fidget with it. It's going to be very difficult. Okay. Um. So, what is your experience with Boy Meets World? I don't know what you were mean. I don't know what you mean. What? What is my experience with Boy Meets World? Um. Did we did we announce the name of the show? Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. I tried to. And we, I did it very badly. Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. I'm Alden, the boy. I'm Tanya, the girl. I'm glad we established that. Um, my experience with Boy Meets World is that every once in a while we sit down in our bedroom and record a podcast uh, about the boy and the world. But um, I don't think we're ever going to get to the girl in the world. Uh, we will. I think we'll have to like take it maybe um, where we watch like half a season at a time. And do one episode about it? Yeah. Okay, well then this is a weird start for all you people who... Except that this is the second episode. Yeah, it is. So it's not a weird Pe- start. This is a, we're just, we're going to evolve. We're going to change. That's how things work. We're like going to grow and we're going to learn things. Yeah, we're the Pokemon of podcasting. We're the Pokemon of Boy Meets Girl. <laughs> what? Um, I have popsicles. That's what happened. Uh, so is that the title of this episode? I have I popsicles. popsicles? <laughs> Look... I got to carry on the tradition of figuring out episode titles during a show, because I do it on all my other shows. All your millions of them? Yeah, I'm such a prolific podcaster. <gasps> prolific podcaster. That's I like it. That's going on your tombstone. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> um, we watched Boy Meets World, episode three and four. Of season one. To discuss it, of season one. <laughs> the, the actual episode three and episode four. Um, to discuss it with the people, to discuss it with each other. Uh, we sat next to each other and um, watched it together. But anytime we had a thought about the episode, we had to punch each other. Because you can't talk. We couldn't talk about it during the... We're very bruised right now. You can't see it, but we're just like covered in bruises. Because we talk a lot. It was very difficult. S- episode 3. Episode 3. Episode 3, the title... Talk- Father knows less. I was getting to it. I like that, but you should have waited for me to let you go for it. I'm. I don't think that's gonna happen. You talk a lot. Like I'm gonna have to just. Episode three is called. (laughs) Father. Episode three is. Father knows less. There you go. I'm glad you finally said it. I've been waiting. (laughs) Um, uh, the 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 it is the third overall. (laughs) Thanks, thanks Wikipedia. It originally aired on October eighth, nineteen ninety three. I was 10 years old. Oof. We're really old. Yeah. Um, who was it written by? April Kelly. And who was it directed David by? David Trainer. 
We're professional. Episode three titled Father Knows Less. <laughs> okay. So the show opens with um I like how the synopsis is written. So I'm on Wikipedia right now, or is it Wiki also, Fandom or whatever? I'm also on that. And I like how it starts. The show opens on father and son. They have names, Wiki what? Fandom. I mean it's Corey and what is his? Dad. <laughs> no, he has a name because... Alan. Like, Alan, that's right. Isn't it refreshing? Like, the wife... I don't remember her name. The wife in the show always goes, Alan. Like, just like, Alan. I like, Alan. Hey, Alan. But not like... No, it's it's not a like sharp contrast <laughs> to uh, Home Improvement where Jill is the worst person and just is Tim. like all the time, Tim, Tim, Tim. Yeah, it actually... It's not even like her accent. Like, that's not how she talks. She's just like, yeah, well, I was thinking about Tim. <laughs> um, moving on from Jill, uh, let's talk about the show we're supposed to be talking about. I absolutely, like, watching it, it is amazing to me that they're not actually husband and wife in Mm -hmm. real life because the way they talk to each other is so adoring you think maybe they were doing it i mean there's always a possibility but i really like to think about all of these people as like wholesome good people you don't hear like the horror stories come out of boy meets world that came out of other sitcoms there's a few we'll get to those in season seven Really? Yeah. Are, for real? Are you... There was some stuff, like, about the thing the teenagers were doing off Yeah, screen. but that's the teenagers, like, with each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, from other, from other shows, you hear so much about, like, they were treated badly or there was inappropriate behavior between the adults and the children. And ben like, Savage killed a guy. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Like, and they're still, like, wholesome people like you're not finding out they're my friends damn (laughs) my friends are good people these ones yes uh so the show opened on alan and Corey, dad and son father and son (laughs) making hearty sandwiches because they were going to go see the blue angels that day that day they were about to leave like they were making their lunches to leave for the blue angels and they were adorable like they were just like pouring chips on their sandwiches and like crushing them down and uh cory was doing everything that his dad was doing mm-hmm. and it was just like a really cute moment and mm-hmm. then and then leonard spinelli comes in <laughs> leonard spinelli the obviously in 2018 very autistic man yes that i don't even think at that time would have been brought up like that like mm-hmm. oh he's autistic no it was just like here's a quirky guy yeah, well, back then, they didn't talk about autism, like, right. at all. Right. And characters like this were in every show, mm-hmm. that OCD, mm-hmm. but also, like, insecure and not sure of what they're doing and just uh, bizarre people were in every show. Yeah, and they, like, reinforced the fact, like, throughout the episode that every time he walks in, he's like, I'm Leonard Spinelli, I'm the assistant manager at your father's deli and or supermarket whatever and all of the characters are just like we know leonard you say this every time you come over here for dinner even our favorite morgan yeah she delivers it perfectly season one morgan best morgan season one morgan is best morgan in fact that's how we're gonna 
uh, talk about her from now on. She's Best Morgan. Best Morgan. Okay. Uh, we're going to forget in five minutes, but okay. I'd like to call her Best Morgan. So anyway, he comes in to tell Alan that the uh, that a shelf at the supermarket broke. And because of that, they have to cancel the Blue Angels date because Alan has to go into the store, which is bonkers. It's not bonkers. It's kind of bonkers. Let me tell you a story. Oh, boy. I worked retail for a billion years, and I was a store manager, and my adult assistant managers would lock their keys in the office, and I would have to leave my house and drive 45 minutes to work to unlock the office yeah. for my adult assistant managers. Yeah, but that's and, and that's true. It's not and bonkers. It's dumb, but what if... One of the racks of clothes at your store had broken. Would you have left right then to go take care of it? Yes, because it was my job. Okay. Uh, I have many, many stories. You've been here with me for a million times where I had to like drop what I was doing and leave and go fix something that seemed like completely self-explanatory. It was just a manager's job. And he handled it with so much grace because he didn't even... Like, I would stomp out of the house cursing, and he's just, like, talking to Corey about, oh, well, you know, um, we'll do something soon, and I'm super sorry, and... Yeah, he says he'll make it up to him. He'll make it up to him. That's what Wiki says. And he talks about the fact that, like, he would love to spend every day with his son. Uh He would love to spend all of his time with his son, but they have to eat. Meanwhile, what's going on with Morgan? Best Morgan. What is going on with Best Morgan? Nothing's going on with her, but my point is, he's, like, apologizing to Corey. Like, I'm going to spend more time with you. I want to spend every day with you. What about Morgan? Um, I think this is absolutely how life is. Uh, we have two middle schoolers in our house. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them get much, much more attention than the youngest non-middle schooler. Yeah, but we don't have a Best Morgan. We have a Best Finley. <laughs> Uh, so he goes to help. Uh, Corey's bummed. Um, uh, I think the next thing that happens is it cuts to Corey in bed asleep, and his dad breaks in like a burglar and wakes him up and says, you need to come downstairs and watch this game. It's a no-hitter. Uh, the Phillies have a no-hitter going into the ninth. You need to watch history happen. Which is awesome. Uh, yeah. And he tries to wake Eric up, too, so he's not partial. Right. He does he wake Be- Best Morgan up? We don't know. Best Morgan does not care about baseball. You don't Best, know that. Best Morgan only cares about her dolls and tea parties. Okay. Uh, Best Morgan is... You know what? Best Morgan did try to go to the mm-hmm. um, air show, mm-hmm. and they made it very clear that she couldn't go. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Best Morgan's getting a little neglected. Just a little bit. Um, So they get to eat their sandwiches that they made. They watch the Phillies game. It's a no-hitter. They stay up all night. They stay up all night, past midnight, we find out, because the next day, Corey goes to school. And falls asleep. Falls asleep during a test and asks Mr. Feeney how he did. Mr. Feeney goes, you got an A. And Corey gets excited. And then Mr. Feeney goes, no, that's the only answer you selected, A. And then he says, what do you think I you got? And Corey goes, is it the start of the word, fajita? <laughs> it gets me every Corey time. Corey is a little smartass. 
He is. He's so quick. Like, yeah, it's almost like somebody's writing it for him. Yeah, but again, millions of other shows, the quickness mm-hmm. and the wit in this one is, it just is not. I'm, it's so good. I think we talked about this in the last episode six months ago, but I <laughs> I was the same way as a kid, mm-hmm. like around the same age, 11, 12, 13 like, I was very quick and obnoxious to my teachers, and I thought it was funny. And obviously, it is funny. It's just not in the moment. Well, it is in the moment, because I laughed really hard when I did it. But the teachers did not like it. I think we all wish that we had a teacher like Mr. Feeney, who basically just threw the snark back at us. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that. We had people who got angry at us. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't talk <laughs> boring sorry um so you were also homeschooled the um uh, i wasn't homeschooled when i met you in 12th grade 11th grade 11th um so cory fails the test he goes home and tries to explain to his dad that it's his fault it's your fault i failed my test you kept me up past midnight watching does, a baseball game he does a very good job of convincing him because then alan goes next door to mr well, feeney Keep in mind, he was not supposed to tell his mother. Oh, that happened. And the, his mom is standing right there. And Corey just, like, blows up his dad's spot. How mad would On you purpose. be? On purpose. I'd be pretty mad because there was a clear, like, indicator there. Now, see, in the same instance, I would have told you. Like, I would have been like, right. hey, FYI, I got one of the kids up. It was this really great event. And mm-hmm. it's not a thing that happens very often. They're going to be tired. Yeah. But I would still tell them, hey, don't tell your mom. Just because it's like this little moment you're having. Yeah. There have um, been a few times where uh, Aubrey and, like, you would be working late and Aubrey and I were up watching movies and eating junk food until 11. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, eh, like, don't let your dad know that you had a huge bowl of ice cream at 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And then I would tell you, hey, we were up all night watching movies and she had ice cream at 10 o'clock at night. But we had that moment. Right. Where it was like, it's just us. So it is very annoying that he took his dad's cool event and made it into a, I can't believe you did this to me. Um, also, it says in this article, Corey inadvertently says it with his mom there. Inadvertently? No. She was right there. He was doing it on purpose. Middle schoolers. Uh, middle schoolers. Uh, so Alan goes next door to his teacher's house <laughs> and says, hey, George, uh, Mr. Feeney, for the uninformed, for those of you who are watch- listening to this podcast and have not watched Boy Meets World. You know what? It's it's on Hulu. Watch it along with us. As Wa- we talk about it. As we talk about it, just watch it. This it's is like, like Riff Tracks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like Mystery Science. Let us science. be your Riff it's Tracks. It's Mystery Science Boy Meets World Theater. Mystery Boy Meets World Theater. I don't know. We'll workshop it. Um, we'll get back to you next episode with the real name. Next year. Um, so, Alan tries to get Mr. Feeney to change his grade. Mr. Feeney says, I understand, Alan. Is he <laughs> that was, that British? Was a bad, no, that's <laughs> that was awful. a bad Feeney. Oh, wow. You've been a bad Feeney. <laughs> um, I'll bet Bess Morgan could do a really good impression. I don't know. Who knows what happened to her? Um... So, Best Feeney says, I understand, Alan, but, uh, no. 
And Alan's like, you said you understood. And Mr. Feeney's like, I did understand. I did understand, Alan. <laughs> he's, so, he's so regal. And, uh, but a grade is a grade. And Alan gets all upset and goes back inside and tells Corey he tried and it wasn't going to happen. Right? So, um, question. Yes. For you watching this, like... Did you find yourself going back and forth and, like, seeing both sides? Because I would be like, you know what? Like, Alan's right. He needed to spend this time with his son. And then Mr. Feeney would talk. And I would be like, oh, my gosh, he's so right. Like, he can't make this special just because his neighbor asked him to. Like, mm-hmm. And then later on down the line, I would be like, you know what? Corey's right. Like, this was a special thing. So I went all over the place. I appreciate you saying that. I... Never wavered once, in my opinion. <laughs> like a like a brick wall. My opinion was made the minute it happened. You mean like Gibraltar? Like the Rock of Gibraltar, which like, is actually like, something that Mr. Feeney says in the episode. Like the Dwayne the Rock Johnson, which is also something that Mr. Feeney says in the episode. He says, "Watch the WWF. It's later. <laughs> it's going to be called WWE. The Rock is the man. If you smell what Mr. Feeney's cooking." Um, <laughs> So, no, my opinion the entire time was the same as it stayed. Um, uh, I think they're both right. I think Alan did the right thing. He woke Corey up to watch this really cool thing that Mr. Feeney doesn't understand the, the magnitude of it. Being a kid who loved baseball, that was huge. You know, you were here when I saw a no-hitter for the Nationals. It was the first Nationals no-hitter. It was insane. And it was you crazy. You were insane. Um, but... If you were to tell me uh, you're going to share this moment with your son, he's also going to get an F on his math test the next day. I would have said, that's completely fair. He deserves that F. If he falls asleep during the test, he deserves the F. But it's worth it to me. That F is worth it to me. So I feel like Mr. Feeney's absolutely right. He can't just change his grading and the way he does things because there's an excuse this time. Um, it's just, you have to decide as a parent as a dad is this event worth that to me and sometimes it won't be and that's where you have to kind of use that as your barometer like i don't think that i i don't think this is worth my kid failing a grade today but then there are times where you're going to be like oh this is going to be really important to them forever it's worth that one f in math that no one's going to remember yeah i agree with that i i think i struggled the most though with mr feeney saying no he can't retake it because I don't think that anybody else needed to know that he retook it. You know what I mean? He was like, well, if I do this for you, then I have to do this for everybody. No, he didn't. Like, nobody had to know that Corey retook the test. No one had to know any of that. No, but then he's setting a precedent. And anytime something like this happens, somebody's going to say, or they're going to say, then their neighbor is going to say, yeah, well, you saw, like, we had our family all over, and it was this big event, and he just, he couldn't study. You're you're making excuses for a thing that the kid couldn't do. Yeah, that's true. Um, And they didn't know this at the time, and we don't technically know it right now, but if you set that precedent with Mr. Feeney in season one in 1993, you've got... Eight more years of it Mr. Feeney. everything. It literally would change the whole show. Mm-hmm. The entire thing. Because that just showed, like, here's Mr. Feeney. This is what he's all about. 
He wants you to do well. And if you don't, he's going to love and care about you anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we aren't supposed to read the future on this show. But sometimes you just you get a psychic premonition. <laughs> um, so A prolific podcasting premonition. Prolific podcasting premonition. Broken Matt Hardy would be proud. <laughs> um, so Corey... <laughs> Corey so this is now a crossover wrestling WWE, podcast. Everywhere I go, that's what it is. It's a crossover WWE and anything. Um, uh, we, we glossed over the fact that then... Corey goes next door to get his tennis ball. <laughs> he hops the fence, sneaks over like Solid Snake in Metal, Metal Gear Solid, grabs the ball, and who's that directly next to him, sitting in a lawn chair, laid out, taking up at least six foot of the backyard? With, like, lights on. I mean, it's dark outside, but there's, like, lawn lights on. Yeah, he... Carrying, holding a drink that's probably like swishing as he's like and drinking reading it. a book, which means there's light. Like yeah. there's light there, and he's like, "Hello, Mr. Matthews." And he goes, ah! <laughs> "No wonder you failed that test, you dummy. You can't see Mr. Feeney next to you." Whatever. You tell me, boo, and you're sitting right next to me, and I jump. I wish I could do it from here. One of our kids just fell in the bathroom. <laughs> boo. Um. Okay. So Mr. Feeney concluded it was important, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, but he, he tells a story. Mr. Feeney tells a story to uh-huh. Corey. Go on. Um, about his father. Mm-hmm. So obviously Mr. Feeney is not just like laying down the law and then forgetting about it. Like he was still thinking about this situation throughout the day. And he tells Corey a story about the fact that there were times that he wanted to spend time with his father and his father didn't want to. Like, he made it clear that he didn't want to spend time with him. Do you remember what Feeney's baseball game was? Quote, baseball game. The thing that he wanted it to stay up for. It was something on the radio presidential. Mm-hmm. I'm going to act like I remember, but I'm looking at it right now on the wiki. I'm going to look at it, too. It's I'm President gonna... Truman's speech. So, Mr. Feeney is really old. Yeah, he's a big old nerd, too. A... Yeah. But um, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, there, there are going to be... Th- if President Truman was talking, Alan wouldn't wake Corey up and be like, you, Corey, you got to come check out this speech President Truman's giving right now. First off, it is crazy because he's dead right now. So, it's awesome. Okay, so if... Um... Bill Nye was doing a big uh, press conference or something that mm-hmm. was coming on at 1030 at night. Mm-hmm. And we found out, would you go get Finley out of bed? Yes. Me too. Because that is his If idea. there was like all of a sudden like an impromptu magic school bus reunion. <laughs> like... Science. live episode <laughs> science marathon that starts at 10 o'clock mm-hmm. at night and goes until one o'clock in the morning i i've woken aubrey up before for um a meteor shower i was there i woke her up for that and we didn't see anything um i slept yeah you said do you want to get up and i said nope yeah that wasn't your baseball game <laughs> that was not my baseball game what's your baseball game what's the, what would you want me to wake you up to see if something was happening um, goodness, I don't know. I don't, I don't want you to wake me up. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. Don't. That's my baseball game. My baseball game is sleep. sleep. <laughs> okay, you're fun. Um, so anyway, they have that this the talk, and Mr. Feeney basically says, um, I understand. I would have wanted my father to get me up, too. And I... And he tells Alan, you know, sometimes you do have to do what you have to do for your boy. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. Basically what I've been saying. Um, So anyway. um, Now here's what I don't understand. Maybe I'm missing something on this wiki here. Oh, Lenny came back before that. There was a fire in the grocery store. That one is the thing. Like, the shelf-breaking... Get out of here, Lenny. Well, I think someone got hurt when the shelf broke. I don't think so. Yeah, someone no, the, was buried under stuff when the shelf broke. No, he said that the the liquid was all heading toward the Alka-Seltzer aisle. Oh, okay. So if I were the manager of that store, I would need to leave. I, need, I would need to go and see what happens. Anyway, everything on like fire. A fun thing. Everything on fire. Sure. Yes, go. Um, so what, what happens next? Um, so we're after the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, both men bid each other good night. That's, That's, those aren't Tanya words. Hey, yes, they are. I bid you good night every night before I put my sleep headphones on and go to sleep. And snore in my ear hole. <laughs> um, That's how I bid you good night. Yeah. My snoring is your baseball game. I, and- get, I get you out of bed every night. Yeah. For my snoring. But anyway, uh, so Corey's mom tells him that um, they both disagree. They're both, uh, both, both men. Her, his dad and Mr. Feeney disagree about the topic, and sometimes that's just how life works, which is a really good lesson. Like, yeah, and that they're both smart men and like yeah. good men. That they're not. Their disagreement doesn't make them less of anything. Mm-hmm. So then. Alan basically says, like, from now on, you're going to bed on time, and I'll let you know if you miss anything. Yep. So it looks like he basically decided he wasn't going to pull Corey out of bed anymore. We need to pause. All right, so do we close out episode three? No, we're back. Father knows less. We're back from disciplining our children, and by that I mean I sat in this chair because I'm blocked in by our recording setup. Which is our mics attached (laughs) to my dresser. With the dresser drawers pulled out in different angles. Me sitting in a kitchen chair next to the computer and the mixer. <laughs> this is this is father does know least. Lest. Lest. Um, lest? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I didn't know that that was the name of the episode until we were reading it. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't pay attention when mm-hmm. I hit play on TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I almost feel like this, it's kind of a, it's a really bad dig at Alan. Like, Father Knows Less. Mm. I don't I don't know that I like that title because, he, again, you said, like, he had this moment with his son. Like, he obviously didn't know less. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's an important thing. Like, Mr. Feeney said something um, while they were talking about, you know, that one F isn't going to ruin his this kid's career in the future. Um, right. But he will take that moment of being with his dad with him for forever. Like, he'll remember that moment. 
mm-hmm. he won't remember what he learned in school. Like, we don't remember those things, but we do remember those moments. And Mr. Feeney remembered that moment where his dad rejected him billions of years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, to me, that means father did not know less. Alan knew more. Oh. <laughs> You're so kind when I speak. What? I was I was acknowledging you. Uh-huh. No, it was a good way to end that uh topic. All right. Um I don't I mean I already kind of said what I thought. I mm-hmm. I don't know why halfway through talking about the episode I was like, "Here are my thoughts on the episode." <laughs> In summary. <laughs> All right, now let's talk about the rest. Um season 1, episode 4 titled I don't know I haven't pulled up yet (laughs) (laughs) titled Corey's alternative friends did we watch this oh yes we super watched this okay so we've we've watched this at least 35 times and every single time like I don't remember watching episode four and um then we turn it on I'm like oh it's the first episode where we realize that like Topanga's a real thing Uh uh-huh it's the first episode that she was really Probably the first episode I, she had a speaking part in, I think. Yeah, I think so. Which is so weird, because she's the center of the show, and... What? She's the center of the show. Okay. You can't have Boy Meets World without Topanga. You can't have Boy Meets World without Corey. He's also the center of the show. Oh. Yeah, There's two dual people. Dual center. It's like a Twix bar. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, Corey's alternative friends. Uh-huh. Um, which makes it sound like they are wearing Jinko jeans mm-hmm. and have uh, wallet chains. In high school, they probably would have been kids that, well, no, they were like nerds. Minkus is wearing black lipstick and uh, some platform boots. As a kid, I thought Minkus was a big old dork and an annoying little nerd. As an adult, I'm like, hell yeah, Minkus. Minkus is amazing Mm -hmm. he is so great and we talk about Corey being quick minkus is quicker and like he's super smart and he does not care what anybody thinks ever was it this episode i've got to pull up the quotes on the wiki because i don't remember the quote for word for word was it when he was talking back and forth with sean yeah oh my gosh yes it was this episode it it doesn't tell me on the wiki no oh yeah oh no is it in quotes there is a quote it is not there oh um we'll get back to you on this one <laughs> yeah because it's so good god um maybe we could just like go back and forth with it and maybe it'll just come to you well like, I, I remember what mink has said so uh sean says something like because they get partnered to do a, a thing together and um uh he doesn't want to be partnered with minkus he wants to be partnered with cory cory gets partnered with topanga he doesn't want that um but sean says something about Minkus, like, well, you're going to be a nerd when you grow up. And Minkus goes, yeah, well, better than a plumber. <laughs> and uh, Sean said something back. Oh, yeah, well, blah, 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 blah. And Minkus goes, fix a sink. <laughs> it's just, it's so fantastic. Like, when I was in school, the nerds didn't have that kind of, like, uh, ammo. They wouldn't fight back like that. Yeah, he just, he holds his own in mm-hmm. in a way that, like, I hope... One of our kids, any of our kids, yeah. hopefully one of our kids will hold their own at some point um, because he doesn't care mm-hmm. like at all. He's like, this is who I am. So then at lunch, Corey over here is girls making fun of his hair. 
They call him uh, Brillo Head. Um, He's got super curly hair. He got really curly hair. If you haven't seen a picture of Corey Matthews, age 11, please look up. Google, go to your Google and type in Corey Matthews, age 11. Ask We're Alexa. Be on a list. Say, but. Alexa, how curly is Corey's hair? Also, curly and Corey, way too much similar. What curly did I just Corey. say? Curly Corey. Say it three times fast. Go. I can't. Curly Corey, curly Corey. Ah. Corey, curly Corey. <laughs> I can't do it. Okay. So they call him a total Brillo head. He gets um, embarrassed and self-conscious about his hair. Sean says he can't help him because he's got beautiful hair and he doesn't know what it's like to not be beautiful. Since I wasn't allowed to talk about Minkus, uh-huh. uh, I am going to talk about Sean's hair. Okay. So Sean was the love of my life uh-huh. as a kid. Most girls, yes. And like, girls I, wanted him, and boys wanted to be him. I think I wanted boys to, wanted him too, though. Like, I wanted I'm to pretty be sure him. boys wanted him. I wanted to be. I, I wanted that hair. You couldn't have it, though. I know. I didn't have it. Your hair was probably more like Corey's. Well, not curly. Not but, even close. Yeah. But thick. Like you have like. You have big hair. If anybody wants to know, look up Alden Bear, age 11. Look at my, <laughs> Google my hair. Um, so I thought his hair was great when I was 11. Mm-hmm. And it was very much like what a lot of the guy's hair was like. Parted mm-hmm. in the center, longer, very shiny, like, I which mean, was fine. But looking back, his hair was really weird. <laughs> like What? It was really, really weird. So, Jonathan Tiller Thomas mm-hmm. also had the longer hair parted down the center. So does Zachary Ty Bryan. So does Zachary Ty Bryan. Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa. Um, who was the one uh, from... Oh, I loved him so much. He died. He was in oh, yeah. Neverending Story. Yeah, the kid that looked a lot like Devin Sawa. No, Devin Sawa... De- I thought he looked no. a lot like Devin Sawa. No, he looks way more like Ryder Strong, but better... He looks better than Ryder Strong. Anyway, if you know who we're talking about, like children's, he was in some sci-fi show that I used to watch. Adult now. Um, uh, most of them are adults too. The only one that isn't is the one that we're talking about. Yeah, but they don't have the hair anymore. Go. What? (laughs) What are we talking about? Hair. Fix the sink. (laughs) (laughs) His hair like stuck out super weird. Uh huh. And it didn't lay down flat. It was it was weird. It was not good hair. Sean Hunter did not have good hair. That's that's it. Sean Hunter did not have good hair. That was <laughs> okay. All of that just so you could judge an eleven-year-old's haircut. You know who did have good hair? Who? Topanga. That frizzy. That was not frizz. What was it? That's you don't know what frizz is. She had crimped hair. Okay. Her hair was long. It was crimped. Her hair was gorgeous. Like. And then all through her life, I'm sure it was gorgeous too. Like she just had I guess gorgeous hair. one day, I hope we find out. I hope we find I out. I can't wait to discuss uh, one to ten this has Topanga's been hair, hair rating. This has been Haircast with Tanya. Oh boy. Um. So where do we go from here? We're back to hair. We're back to to Corey's hair. Well, not really. Yeah, um, we super are. Is T- this Topanga's coming over later? Topanga Topanga's comes over. over. Hold on, I'm reading. Apparently, the elder librarian is being forced to retire, but Sh- Corey and Sean couldn't care less. After Topanga leaves, they talk about her and Minka sitting at the weirdo table at lunch, and come up with a possible solution for Corey's hair problem. Sean will call his sister. We can't talk about her later on. B 
because, because she doesn't exist. Yeah, like we can't even get to a point like we can talk about her right now, and later on we can't talk about her not existing. But this is it for her. She's a very short life, and then she's um, blinked away from existence. It's not even like Sean's sister died. It's just we'll like, find out why in just a few minutes. And we, but then we hear that like the rest of the series, we hear that Sean's an only child. No. No. All right. Well, we'll figure that out later because I'm pretty sure I remember everything wrong. Um, <laughs> stay tuned to episode five where we discuss all of season seven and eight. Um, <laughs> Except that we take 35 hours to discuss one episode, so it's not going to happen. All right. So Sean calls his sister. They want to straighten Corey's hair. After school, Tori. Tori, <laughs> Tori and Kapanga. <laughs> Meet up to work on the report. Um, Corey argues with her because she's a studious child. She wants to like make sure it's good and wants to do it well together. The same way that um, I think Aubrey can be when she's doing a project in school. So she got into it with a kid a few weeks ago because she was like, well, we have to do this, 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 and this, and this. And the kid, other kid was like, if you want to do it that way, you can do it all yourself. Um, it's annoying like when a kid's like that. Um, I also think, though, this was something that Topanga is passionate about. She's kind of a hippie child. She's raised by hippie parents who let them let her call them by their first names. And um, their oh, yeah. their thing, their um, project is on the environment. It's mm-hmm. on the um, ozone layer. And right? Ozone layer? I think so. Yeah. And um, Topanga is a free spirit. So she wants to do like basically uh an interpretive dance type thing to Corey reading a poem that she wrote i was struck by the fact that Corey picks up this piece of paper and reads it like in verse Mm -hmm. the way that no 11 or 12 year old boy would read it like smart boy what he's a smart boy he's a smart boy who hated what he was reading Uh uh-huh our kids, even Finley, Finley would be like, um, the earth is round and it's crying and this is stupid. Like, Corey reads it perfectly and while he's reading it, Topanga does her, what did, what would you call that? Like, I think interpretive reading, I guess. Yeah. So she does like basically like arm and hand movements that are very dramatic to it and then she ends it with covering her face in lipstick and a middle finger nope no middle finger oh. she's topanga she's too good for that go on um she covers her face in lipstick and that ends that Corey's like i'm not doing this at school and sean walks in and is like uh what's happening here yeah says something about the crazy chick or something like that mm-hmm. um and talks about keeping lipstick on the lips. He says something that's super oh, yeah. chauvinistic. Oh, he goes, use a mirror, babe. Yeah. Babe. Use a mirror, babe. Yeah. Like, what? Get out of here, Sean Hunter. Corey, I mean, Can Topanga should kick you in the balls. Can you imagine hearing an 11-year-old say babe like that? Mm-hmm. I would, And nope. criticize a girl's makeup? Like, ugh. Sean was the worst. I cannot believe how in love with him I was. Yeah. I can't believe it. Um, so they go upstairs and they put the stuff. In. Next time we see them, Corey has a thing, has all the stuff to straighten his hair. Um, 
and is complaining about how much it burns and has Sean call his sister and Sean's on the phone like um, she wants to know how long he kept it in. Corey's like, or no, she wants to know how long it's been burning. And Corey's like, 45 minutes? And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. She says she should have washed it out 45 minutes ago. And then I scream. Uh Uh-huh. And he goes to rinse his hair. Mm Mm-hmm. He comes out in the same clothes he was wearing, so I don't know how he rinsed his hair. Mm-hmm. And it is, like, shellacked to his head. I'm mm-hmm. not... I don't know what on earth this stuff was, but I guess the 90s were not a progressive time for hair care products. Yeah, and it also, like, grew it about five inches. You don't have curly hair. Like, when your hair is curly, it is actually inches longer than... Welcome to Tanya Corrects Alden on 11-year-old hygiene and makeup. Well, and you were the one who said it. <laughs> then you were wrong. When Cast. hair is curly, it's a lot longer than it seems. Okay. So anyway, mm-hmm. it's like hard and shiny and... Very, um, uh, what's that show with Ray Romano? It everybody looked like his hair. Raymond? It looked like everybody loves Raymond. Only like... I don't know, like a helmet. Mm-hmm. And little by little, his family comes in the room. Sean escapes like a douchebag, mm-hmm. even though he's the one who did it. And um, everyone comes in. They knock on Corey's head, and they basically use him as a circus clown. They all sit around him and laugh. And then try to tell him that no one's going to notice at school tomorrow after they made fun of him for eight minutes. Yeah, his entire family, which is mm-hmm. wonderful um, because that's... I think that's something that would happen here. Mm-hmm. I would also cry mm-hmm. because I would feel sad for mm-hmm. my child, but we'd also laugh about it. Mm-hmm. That is what happens. Yep. Then what happens? Um. So then he goes to school the next day and he has a hat on over his crazy, weird, straight, hard hair. He wears a hat. Of course, Mr. Feeney's like, there's no hats in my class. And he has to take his hat off. So now his hair is even worse than it was before because he wore a hat on it. So now he has like a duck bill mm-hmm. embedded into his hair. Yeah, somehow the hat being on his head actually made the hair come up to meet the hat. I don't even understand. It's the 90s. Yeah. Anything 90s. can happen. Remember the 90s? They were crazy. <laughs> Those crazy 90s. Um. So... Everybody makes fun of it except for Topanga. So Corey walks over to the weird kid's table. Funny, we were just talking about the weird kid's table. What are the odds that the same episode that they were making fun of the weird kid's table, Corey finds himself at the weird kid's table. The so-called weirdo table, because Mm -hmm. as we will soon find out, these kids have a lot of heart, and they are passionate about... Getting a petition signed to um, it's to help their librarian, right? Mm-hmm. So they're trying to keep their librarian, and uh, they have a petition. They're going around having people sign it, um, and Corey thinks that the reason why they can't get it signed is because they don't actually know their classmate. So they, they want to get this, these petitions signed, and Corey starts feeling passionate about it, whatever. Um and after school, he puts curlers in his hair in an attempt to look normal again. But it looks worse than his previous hair. Topanga and the weirdo, even Topanga and the weirdos laugh. So now Corey, though, thinks of these people as his friends. Mm-hmm. Like, he's 
worked on this petition with them. Like he's uh, involved in what they are doing. This has happened very quickly. He has attached himself to these people. Um, and despite the fact that his hair is crazy and, and he's become a new man, mm-hmm. he does not care that people are making fun of him. Um, so he doesn't let his new friends down. Him and his new friends decide to handcuff themselves together and uh, make a chain blocking the exit of the school so that um, the librarian can stay. I must have fallen asleep by the end of this. Cause I you don't... did. You did, but we've watched it like yeah. 85 times. I'm just not remembering it as uh, well as I remember all the rest of this. We're about to hit a very pivotal moment in the series. Tell, tell me about it. So, they have this... Whisk me away. I'm whisking, I'm whisking. Uh, this is going badly. Um, Whisked. <laughs> so, they they all handcuff themselves to each other, and of course, um, the very last person in the line is Corey, and he is handcuffed to a locker. Ooh. Uh, and the person next to him, handcuffed, is Topanga. Ooh. So... They free the librarian. They their cause is, I guess, fixed. I don't know what to say. They they do their job. Red Rover, Red Rover. Our librarian has a retirement money. Yeah. So, um, everybody unhooks from the handcuffs, and Topanga goes to unhook Corey. But they end up having a really sweet conversation about. Um, the fact that Topanga likes him no matter what. She mm-hmm. liked his hair the original way. She liked his hair when it was straight. She liked his hair when it was crazy. And that um, that other people's view of him shouldn't matter. And and how she couldn't believe how much he had changed in the fact that like he was willing to stand in front of the entire school, handcuffed to a locker to help someone else, even with his hair like up and crazy. Ooh. And then so I'm just trying to be properly whisked. Go and on. And then uh-huh. she very not middle schooly. Uh-huh. They're still handcuffed together, right? They are handcuffed together uh-huh. and very... he is handcuffed to the locker. Yeah. It is like Fifty Shades 50 of Feeny. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Feeny. Um, this is awful. Uh-huh. I can't even believe the picture that's in my head right now. Oh, boy. Of <laughs> Consider me whisk. Oh, goodness. <laughs> that's what he's holding. Mr. Feeny's holding a whisk. Mm, okay. Um, anyway, let's get this back on track. Do it, then. Topanga then slams Corey <laughs> up against the locker uh-huh. and plants a big old kiss on him. Uh-huh. And the crowd goes, ooh! Yeah, look at those 11-year-olds making out! And then it just looks like Corey's hair is crazy because he got a mm-hmm. big, sloppy, wet one. He got a big old electrifying smoocher. Yep. Yeah. And that's the beginning of Corey and Topanga. And then it ends with um, a very, like, like a wink and a nod. Um, Corey's hair returns to normal. They s- He goes back to sit at his old table. But when, when he sits down at the old table, he gives, like, a like a look over his shoulder. And Topanga looks over her shoulder. And they just share a quick, like, hey. And then they go back to the, about go back about their business. What's really cute about this though is that they were sitting like back to back. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, their tables are next to each other, mm-hmm. which before I don't feel like that was the case. Like, they were not that close. No. The tables were, like, across the cafeteria. Yeah. Um, so now the weirdo table is next to the cool kid table, and Corey is able to sit with his chair back up against Topanga's chair. Mm-hmm. So they're basically still sitting together, um, which is adorable. But it's also like, eh, I don't need you guys anymore. My hair's back to normal. Yeah. Um, Which is really douchebaggy. All in all, it was a very, like, it was a fun episode, but it's just a reminder that, like, as an adult going back and watching this, you're like, so ridiculous. Like, they're taking all this stuff so seriously. At 11, that was your world, and it seemed super serious. All of it did. Every single thing. And and now, I think the issues are different now. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11 and 12 year olds and 13 year olds, they have, uh, I guess more serious repercussions. Why so serious? <laughs> well, that was they, a Batman. We haven't seen that yet because it's 1993. It's 1993 when 12 and 13 year olds don't. Sure hope Kurt Cobain is still cool in 30 years. Me too. Um, Kurt Cobain actually started the issues with the 12 and 13 year olds of now. Mm. Um, but they, the problem solving, I feel like back in the nineties, like kids figured out things on their own. Mm -hmm. Like these kids figured out, I mean, they were not without bullies. They all were being bullied and they all were bullying and Mm -hmm. they had to figure things out on their own in a way that kids don't really now. Um, they don't problem solve. They just get depressed and act out on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I love watching this show so much is because it's it can show our kids like, hey, this has always been an issue. Mm-hmm. People always make fun of people. You can't escape that. Even as an adult, you can't escape that. Yeah. Um, but like figure out how to deal with it. Figure out how to hold your head high and just keep going. Like, figure out what's important because this isn't it. This is not the important thing. These two episodes were good. Very good. It's nice to see the series taking shape and they kind of reinforce, like, here's what we're going to be about. Here's what we want to be about. It's not just, you know, you know the family now. You know the friends. Here's what we want to impart on you. Um you yeah. already know at that point that Feeney is a caring teacher who's going to stand his ground, and they just kind of reinforce it and show, like, here's the heart of these two groups of people. You know, and here's Topanga. Here's the heart of these weird kids that are a, a very functional part of this show and a very very functional part of this school. I think uh, there's a few important things that I see in this that this show gets right that other shows didn't even try Mm -hmm. um one is that while the weirdos were supposedly uncool they had a tribe Mm -hmm. like they didn't feel alone they didn't feel um they didn't feel they were in a group of people that allowed them to thrive because these people let them be themselves Mm -hmm. um and I think that's just such an important thing for all all of the kids to know. It's an important thing for me to know it, as an adult is to find people that I can thrive with that that um, don't put me down for the things that are important to me. But in sitcoms, it's so rare to find things that get life right. 
And while it is exaggerated in some parts or maybe not exaggerated enough in some parts, Boy Meets mm-hmm. World hits so many moments where you're like, I remember feeling that way at 11 years old. Yeah. Um, or as a parent, like the things that the parents like say to each other, the things that they say to their kids, you're like, oh my gosh, I feel that way talking to my kid mm. all the time where you don't feel like that watching a lot of the sitcoms from the 90s. Mm-hmm. I do think, as you're saying that, though, it reminded me, and we can't talk too much longer. We have to tuck our children in. Because <laughs> we have them. Um, but I'm going to wake them up for a baseball game later. <laughs> um, the end of episode three, we didn't even talk about this. So Alan's been grounded by oh, uh, Corey's God, mom. Why did we have grounded, to? And uh, Morgan, was it Morgan who goes... She can't ground you, can she, Dad? And he goes, well, in some ways, you know, funny little Peter Griffin. Which, like, oh my goodness, that's, I mean, it's a 90s mindset. That was a very, like, common thing. I don't think it's that abnormal these days. I know friends who will be like, oh, I'm going to, you know, we're going to, I'm going to withhold from them because I'm mad at them. But that's crazy uh, to teach them a lesson. But I think you're right. Like, it was a very sitcom thing to do at yeah. that point. I don't know how normal it was as a real, like, action. But it was I definitely... I thought it was. Like... Well, because all you knew was what you saw on TV. I guess so. But at the end of the episode... more. But the most important part of this is, at the end of the episode, uh, when Alan has fixed the issue with Corey and explained everything and how much he cares and he's only going to wake him up if it's really important... Um, he turns to his wife and says, am I still grounded? And she goes, we'll talk about it. And he, like, says, like, that's not a no, and, like, dancingly walks out the door. And Corey, big old grin on his face, looks at the camera like, he's not coming back in here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because they're going to bone. That's weird. Stop it, Corey. You're like, a creep. He absolutely knows that they're going to bone. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's how we're going to end our episode. Yeah. But that's how they ended. That's Am how I you... grounded? Guess we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Episode 2. Do you have anything you'd like to add before we go? I, mean, I hope that we do another episode at some point in our lives. Let's see I'm if you're 80. grounded. <laughs> 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 Why are you Peter Griffin laughing? I, I don't know. Hey, Peter. Are you grounded? <laughs> I don't this know, Joe. Been, uh, I'm doing cartoon boy meets now. girl meets boy meets world meets family guy and WWE. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do all my cartoon voices. You know what? I'm gonna save that for episode three. I'll do another cartoon voice. Oh, good. That just solidifies Stay the fact tuned. that we'll do an episode three. I will do an episode three for sure. And Who's gonna maybe, be the girl? Maybe SpongeBob will be the girl. Nope, SpongeBob's not coming. SpongeBob girl pants. Nope. Um, so thank you for joining us for episode two of, what's our podcast called? Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. Damn, that was good. Good job. I'm so proud of you. You're (laughs) off-grounded. Um, this has been fun. This has been real. We need to sign off. Like, this has been the world. No, stupid. Um. Our sign off is, we're not going to wake our kids up tonight. (laughs) That's weird. <laughs> no, let's not do that. Uh, welcome to Boy Meets Girl Meets... Or this has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World and...
Nah. <laughs> nope, that's not it either. <laughs> All right. Uh, bye. Bye.